before we get into this episode, I need the help from you, the fans, the listeners of a little bit of everything with me. I've been recently nominated for the Latin Podcast Awards 2020, and I need your help. That's right. You heard me. I need your help. I need you to head over to latinpodcastawards.com. Yes, there is an S after the D, latinpodcastawards.com, and I need you to vote for a little bit of everything with me. I really thank all of you for your support so far and the continuous, oh my gosh, the love that I'm getting from all of you and I really appreciate it. Just head over to Latin Podcast Awards and vote for the podcast. I really appreciate those who have voted and those who are going to vote. And guys, let's get back to the show. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in on a little bit of everything with me, and I am your host, Angelica. This is a podcast that talks about a little bit of everything, so sit back and enjoy the show. and welcome back to another episode of a little bit of everything with me today my guest left corporate america at 30 years old and being in sales and business development for 10 years to follow her dream now best-selling author of three books which are write get paid repeat concept to conclusion how to write a book and you're not alone you are not alone Welcome, Jessica, to the show. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah, it's pretty crazy when I think back on it. Well, you know, like I said off air, you left corporate America. And for a lot of us who are in corporate America, how did you do it? Um. Honestly, it wasn't so much that that was my goal. Mm -hmm. Um, I... It's kind of, I kind of became an accidental entrepreneur. I didn't grow up thinking that I was going to own my own business or that I was going to, um, you know, kind of leave my corporate job and go be a writer. It was more that I didn't know really what I wanted to do in college. And I got a degree in something I was really interested in, but wasn't like career specific. I got a liberal arts degree in anthropology. And, um, and when I came out of college, I was looking for jobs and I graduated in 2007. So Of course, looking back, we can know that the recession was right about to happen. Um, And I got a job in sales and I was working in my college town for a few years. And then when I was 23, I decided to move to New York. And the only thing I had experience in was sales. So I got a sales job in New York and I moved here. And then I spent the next like seven years kind of going from, you know, that company to another one and then later a third and, uh, and I was just progressing in this sales and corporate business development career. Um, and, I, and I was good at it. Uh, part of the reason I stayed doing it for 10 years is because it, it wasn't something that I was wholly and like deeply passionate about, but it was something that I found interesting and challenging and I was good at it and I made decent money. Um, and I was able to kind of make some really interesting moves and network with a ton of really cool people. Um, and what happened was, is I turned 30. And I realized that 
you know, kind of my worst fear had come true. I spent 10 years in a career that I was good at, but I didn't love. And I started kind of taking stock of what do I want to do? What am I passionate about? What, what really drives me forward? And it kind of came down to being a really simple answer. I've always been a writer. I've been, I started keeping diaries when I was in something like kindergarten. Um, I was writing poetry and entering competitions for short stories and stuff while I was still in school. Um, and, and I'd always wanted to be an author. I always wanted to be a writer and write books and edit books and write for other things. And it was something that I just was really passionate about. And I'd been blogging online since something like 2006, 2007, uh, maybe actually probably sooner than that. Whenever the live journal days were, yeah. that was one of my, my first online blogs. And, um, and so I decided to just put together a plan. Um, I was still working my day job. And I was full-time in sales and that sales experience and those skills were really, really useful for me because when I made the decision to say, I'm going to see if I can be a writer, um, I started doing cold reach outs and messaging people on social media and through job ads and through various job platforms and just seeing if I could sell myself as a writer. And I was super honest about it. I was like, you know, I've been a writer forever, but I've never really been a professional writer. Um, and this is what I'm doing and I'd love to help you out. And I showed them samples of my writing. And to uh, my extreme happiness, I was able to get a few clients right away and that kind of just built. So for the first like three or four months, I was working with clients on kind of just the evenings and weekends. I still had my full-time day job. And it got to a point where I had to sit down and look at the numbers and say, all right, you know, at what point could I really try to do this full time? And it would make sense financially to quit my job. And my husband and I kind of sat down and, and looked at the numbers and we made a very conservative guess of, you know, if I can be making half of my full time salary, then I will quit my job and I'm going to go all in. And um, and so we said, oh, maybe in like six to 12 months, that'll happen. And then about 90 days after I got my very first client, I was making more than half my salary just on the evenings and weekends. And I was working like crazy. I'd be at work every day and then come home. And as soon as I got home, I'd eat dinner and start working on the writing clients and uh, be up till midnight working with that and then go to bed and start all over again. Um, and so once I realized I was making more than half my salary, I put in my notice at my job. Holy crap. Yeah. I That's mean, it's incredible. a leap of faith, but it's a leap of faith, but it's also not. It's one of these things where um, it is a leap of faith, but I didn't quit my job to pursue it. I pursued it while still working full time to see if it was a viable option and that I could make money from it. And then once I realized I could, then I quit my job. Wow. That is crazy. So your very first client was kind of like that reassurance of like, okay, I can do this now full time. But were you like a little bit hesitant? Like, should I wait a little bit, get another client? But then I can well, imagine how one. busy. It oh, wasn't was one. It? I got, I got my first set of clients. I got four clients in the first week that I really put it out there. Wow. And then I, um, as, as a project would be finishing, I would go out looking for additional clients. Yeah. So when I first started, it was doing a lot of like writing copy for websites, um, which is like when you write the words that are on the homepage or the about us or oh. the uh, product descriptions on their websites. 
um, or I would be writing press releases and anything that would come to me. Uh, people would ask me like, oh, can you, you know, fix my cover letter? Can you edit this grant proposal that I'm writing? And even if I wasn't 100% certain what it was, what it was, I just said yes. I was like, absolutely, I can do that. And I would do research to figure out how much I should charge. And I would do research to figure out exactly what I what I should be doing. Wow, that is so awesome. To I be able it. to do that in, oh my gosh, for full time, it's it's incredible. Yeah, I love it. I mean, the, the cool thing about it is, so, I mean, the good thing is that I had writing and editing ability. I'd done, mm-hmm. I'd been a writer my whole life. I'd been, um, I edited term papers in college for extra money. Um, like my mother's an English teacher. So she really, you know, yeah. trained me in grammar and punctuation and, and proper uh, editing skills. So I had kind of a base of uh, knowledge and a skill that I could copy on. But it's, it's interesting. Um, the thing that I always say is I'm not the best writer. I'm not the best writer. I'm not the best editor in the world, in New York, in my room, probably. But what I am is I'm really good at what I do. I make it extremely easy for people to work with me and I have the sales background. So I I sell myself well, I market myself well. And, and then I'm able to back that up with the writing and the editing skills. So it, it really comes back to, it's not just being a good writer, um, whether that's writing a, you know, a blog post for a company or an entire book. It also comes down to all of the other skills to run a business and market yourself to find clients, um, you know, research contracts and make sure that you're protected. I filed as an LLC very quickly so that I could have the protections of a company um, and things like that. Like doing, I love doing research, so I will do research all day long <laughs> and figure out how to do something if I'm not 100% certain. Um, but it's also, I don't want to paint it as rainbows and sunshine. I, I didn't intend to be an entrepreneur when I started this. I just really wanted to be a writer and I didn't have any professional writing experience. So I knew that if I was going to do it, I had to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. And that didn't scare me off. So I figured I would give it a shot. But there's, there's a lot to, you know, when you're a mm-hmm. full-time freelancer and a full-time writer, there's a lot of, you know, there's some instability and there's some insecurity there. Um, in terms of, you know, what if you lose a client and that was the bulk of your pay for that month? Or, you know, what if work slows down and I'm not getting any new clients in the next couple of weeks? And, or, you know, so there's definitely some instability in being a, a freelancer. But I also work from home. So it can be isolating if you don't, you know, kind of force yourself to get out of the house now and again and go, go see friends because you don't really have coworkers when you're freelancing. Um, and I don't work in an office. I work from my office at home. Um, so I definitely don't want to make it sound like it's like glamour and rainbows. Like it's, it, there's definitely a lot of back end work that goes into making sure that I'm making the money I want to be making. And then I also get to do what I love and be passionate about. And I was actually going to ask you about that. So through this, those times where, you know, you can't find a client, you can't source that out or, have you ever experienced where you're losing motivation because nothing is, is working out for you at that current moment? Like, absolutely. You know, have you ever thought of like, why am I doing this? Like, if oh, I'm not getting it, yeah. In fact, I'm going through a bit of an existential crisis right now because I've been, um, I've been doing a lot of thinking about the future and I, you know, it's actually, it's, it's three, it's three years this month 
since I quit my job and it's uh, since I since I went full time and about three and a half, uh, I guess, three years and three months or so since I started the business. And I think all the time recently, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, what does it look like in five years? Am I going to keep doing what I'm doing now? Is it going to evolve? Am I going to bring on more people and grow? Um, you know, do I want to go back to a corporate job? Like there's a lot of questions because I don't right now, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what five years from now my business or my work will look like. Um, and I try to do things to supplement it. So I've definitely been in situations where I've lost a client or I don't have a new one coming in and I'm not sure when the next one's going to come from. And honestly, uh, those are the times when you kind of bootstrap up and kick your butt in gear. Uh, when in 2018, I think it was, um, I went on my first like real vacation where I didn't bring my laptop and I didn't work at all uh, since I started the business in 2016. And I left the country for two weeks. I was really not available. I had I tried to do as much as I could to prepare. I did a lot of work in advance so that people could still get stuff out on time. And I did, uh, and I just basically, the work that I didn't do in advance, if I had a client that was like, no, don't worry about it, just have fun. I just only charged them for half that month. And still, while I was on vacation, I lost a client and I lost out on some money and I didn't do any marketing because I was gone. Um, and so when I got back, I had uh, one of my worst months in my entire uh, business. and it's frustrating and it's, uh, you get angry and sad and you start to question whether you did the right thing and in starting a business or in going on vacation. And it kind of just comes down to picking yourself up and, you know, remembering why you love doing what you're doing and, and starting to market. So there's in, in writing, I find that there's about a two to four week cycle for sales. So when I'm doing marketing and I'm sending out messages and replying to job ads and um, putting asking for referrals and things like that, usually the results of that marketing push, I'll see it in about two to four weeks of new clients coming in. So losing out on the two weeks of going on vacation and then coming back and having to start marketing from the beginning, um, I, I lost out on basically like a month of new clients. <laughs> So it, yeah, it's super frustrating. It's super annoying. That's again, it's part of the instability. You know, you don't get paid time off. You're, mm -hmm. you're taking time off. You're not making money as a freelancer. Um, but in the end, like, you know, all that work that I did. So I went on vacation in March. So April was a low month for me. By the time May rolled around, I had all that marketing and paid off and I had new clients coming in and I was busy and I was continuing to market. Even when you're busy, you should always market. Um, because what's going to happen is, is that compounds. So two to four weeks down the line, another new client will be coming in. Um, so it definitely, there are times when it's hard and I've, I've absolutely questioned it before. And here's the thing. I am not opposed to a corporate job. If, for example, if a publishing company came to me and said, you know, we're looking for a new associate editor and we love your work and we'd love to interview you, I would take that interview in a heartbeat. Um, since I was a little kid, always wanted to work in publishing. And I actually do now as a freelancer. I have two different publishing companies that I work for as a freelance editor. Um, but if a full-time job came around that was the right fit and the right timing and the right money, I would absolutely consider it. But it's hard to know whether or not that's going to happen or know if that's going to be the right choice. Um, because right now I have a lot of control. I get to, I choose who I work with. I choose what I do. I can easily say no to projects I'm not feeling or don't feel like I'd be a good fit for. 
Um, and I get a lot of variety. I get just a ton of variety. Um, one of the best parts about being a freelance writer and editor is I get to write about almost anything. I've, I've written for companies, um, technology companies out of China. I've written for cannabis companies in California and Canada, uh, home remodeling companies, uh, website development companies, uh, risk management, uh, home design. It's, it's just, you kind of get this sampling of getting to do a little bit of everything. Um, and I love that. I, I, that's really one of the things that, that keeps me going every day is I get to work on something different all the time. Um, last year I wrote a comic book uh, for a client who needed a new storyline. I wrote, uh, well, and I write my books, which I get to choose to write whatever I want. Wow, this is all empowering me because I'm just like, girl, y you got it. <laughs> I love it. I really do. If there's, I, I don't consider myself like cocky or arrogant because I don't think I'm like the best at anything, but I'm very confident in my, in my skills as a writer and editor. Like I, I feel like confidence is something that's incredibly important if you want to be an entrepreneur because if you don't believe in you, who else is going to? That's true. Um, and you probably see that as a podcaster. Like it's something that you had to start and create and grow on your own. Mm -hmm. And if you're not going to be confident about what you're doing, then other people don't want to be a part of it. It's you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And oh man, that what you just said there is I I gotta write it out somewhere because it's so true. It's it's about the confidence, but also you've got so much passion that drives your confidence up as well in order to be able to do it all. Yeah, but it's also, I got a lot of that. I think um, for me, at least, I think that having had a corporate career was essential to my, per to my business being a success now because something, even though I don't always love having managers and bosses and, you know, the corporate structure, one thing that I always did when I was in jobs was really um, learn, you know, what makes a good boss? What makes a bad boss? How does the company make money? You know, how important is this job to that job? Like, what are people doing and how can I understand how that works with the bigger picture? And that really helped me in trying to build my own business as, you know, what should I spend my time and my money and my energy on? And also gave me confidence because I learned how to be a really good salesperson and market myself and my company. And, and so being able to kind of take those skills and apply it to doing it for myself is, I mean, first of all, it's very, very satisfying, but it's also, it's also important to note that like, I didn't know this at the time, but most writers and editors do not really, um, they're not really good salespeople. They don't, um, I've met quite a few who either don't care about sales or don't understand it or don't want to understand it, or maybe they feel like marketing just isn't that important. Um, and I've met personally quite a few writers and editors who feel that way. And it's shocking to me because when you think about it, sales is the backbone of any business. Um, when you look at Apple and Google and Facebook and, uh, you know, Coca-Cola, like if they're not selling products, then they're not profitable. So you, sales is the backbone of any success because money is what makes your business successful. If nobody was paying me, but I was doing what I loved, then I would still be a failure because my business would be a failure, not me personally. <laughs> I don't think I would be. Um, but so I didn't know at the time that most writers really aren't great at selling themselves. 
So when I started as a freelance writer and I got clients very quickly and I was marketing very quickly, I actually started getting messages from other freelancers almost right away asking how I was doing it and how I was getting clients so quickly and easily because I documented a lot of my process and my, uh, my journey in my blog. And so, and I'm always happy to provide like mentorship and help. I'm, I've, I've sat down with more than a few freelancers and like created a marketing plan for them to follow and, and go out to get clients. Um, just because it's so important to be able to sell yourself. No one knows who I am. I have a tiny itty bitty little corner of the internet where my website and my work is and I have followers and people have heard of me. Um, but the like, vast, vast majority of the world have no idea who I am. So when they're looking for a writer or an editor or a book to read as an author, they don't, they're not gonna search for me. They're gonna search for like a writer. Um, and so it's super important to be able to market yourself and go out and tell people, hey, I exist. Do you need any writing or editing services? Because if you're just waiting for people to come to you, you're typically not going to find the level of success in the amount of time you want. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Wow, this is the, I'm glad we were able to connect um, <laughs> because it's so inspiring and you have such a great passion for writing and y you could really hear it. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, I love it. I really do. I actually... It's funny because I always wanted to be an author and uh, since I was a little kid, absolutely, probably like seven years old, I was like, I'm going to be a famous author someday. Um, and so I started the business in 20, the end of 2016 and uh, by mid 2017, I realized I had to write a book. Um, and it wasn't because I was saying how passionate I was and wanting to be an author, although I did. It was because by that point I had ghostwritten a couple of books, a couple of eBooks for clients. And when you ghostwrite a book, your name is not attached to it. And you're also typically under an NDA. So you can't tell people that you ghostwrite it. So you can't use it as an example of your work. So what was happening was, is I was basically telling clients like, sure, I can write that for you. Just trust me <laughs> with no actual evidence to back it up. So I really kind of put myself in this box where I was at the point where I had to write and publish a book. Uh, if, if only to prove that I could so that future clients could see it and understand that I could write a book and be able to help them do those things. Um, so when I wrote my first book, it was just a whole different way of looking at it and what I was writing about. And, and I really took a lot of time and effort and energy to make it a good book. And I think now looking back at it, there are things I would have changed and things I may have done differently but I'm very proud of it. And it was my very first book. And that was called Write, Get Paid, Repeat. And it really is a book about uh, thinking of freelancing as a business. It's really for like beginning freelancers. It's talking about like treating it like a business. You know, don't think of it as like a side gig or a side hustle. Like come in with the mindset of this is a business and I need to treat it like a business and have contracts in place and be charging enough money so that I'm actually, uh, you know, making a living wage from it and not uh, and, you know, valuing my, my worth and my time and my writing and my skill and, and kind of how you approach it. And it has templates for like how to do a sales call or a direct uh, cold message to people, things like that. Um, but then it's interesting because a year later, I, my second book is nothing to do with anything. Um, and it was a passion project. And I got to 
kind of find something that I was just super passionate about and use the skills that I'd learned in publishing the first book to publish the second. And I put together this book called You Are Not Alone. And it's um, very, very different <laughs> from my other work. Mm -hmm. It's actually, uh, it's a book of 56 stories in their own words from both men and women around the world of their experiences with sexual assault, abuse, and harassment. Um, and right after the Me Too movement really swept social media, and I started seeing just so many, because I mean, you know the numbers, you know, one in three women will be sexually assaulted. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you know the numbers, you hear them, and it kind of feels clinical and disassociative. And then you start seeing it. You see all these women and all these men who are saying Me Too and telling their stories, some of them for the first time ever. And, and it's heartbreaking, but also empowering because they're taking back their power. They're, they're using their words to tell their story and, and present themselves as not a victim, but as a survivor and as somebody who's going to, you know, continue their life and thrive. Um, and it's so compelling and devastating. And it's not an easy book to read. I mean, I'm the first to admit it. It's not. It's... Mm -hmm literally stories some I think the youngest person in the book was like 14 or 15 Ooh. something like that and the oldest was I think 72 and I mean they were to be fair because I'm in the U.S. and that's where my sphere of influence is most of them are from the U.S. but not all of them I had you know a young woman from Spain I had people in Australia people in South America a woman in Germany um, who reached out to me and freely to somebody they have no idea who I am they freely contributed their story to my book and just trusted that I would protect it, that I would, that I would, you know, share their story and respect their story and keep their names anonymous if they wanted me to, because I gave them the option of that and protect them from liability and retaliation. And, mm. and it, it was amazing. Um, it was something that I'm extremely, extremely proud of. And I took a lot of care to, make sure the editing was perfect and make sure the cover was done. You know, it's like almost aggressive, but it's still very striking and, you know, making sure that I had professional people in place to make sure the book was going to respect what I had promised everyone. Yeah. Um, and I love it. it. It's, it's one of the things I'm most proud of in my career. Um, and in fact, I, I originally self-published it. So I like self-funded all of the, all of the, you know, the cover and the marketing and the editing and all that stuff. Um, and it was actually picked up by a traditional publisher um, wow. and republished in early 2019 as a traditionally published book because it's important. I believe that it's very important. Wow. And guys listening, um, the book is called You Are Not Alone. It's going to be in the show notes for you. Um, that's incredible. And I'm actually on your website right now and I'm going through it and what people have been saying. Um, good for you. Like <laughs> it's, you. it's that passion that's coming out and obviously you're producing it and people are loving it. Um, this other book that you have, Bright Get Paid Repeat. Tell me about it. So that was the first one. That mm -hmm. was that first one about freelancing as a business. The The newest one is Concept to Conclusion. Yeah. That's, that actually, uh, when was that? That was November 2019. I just published that a few months ago. And I did choose to self-publish it. Um, I do have a traditional publisher. The second book, You Are Not Alone, it has been traditionally published. In fact, I am currently finishing up the manuscript for a second volume of a new set of stories that have been contributed 
uh, for a second volume of You Are Not Alone, and that will be traditionally published uh, sometime later this year. Mm -hmm. um, but Concept to Conclusion was, a, you know what, it was another fashion project. I, after that first book, I really like came into my own in writing books and feeling confident about my ability to write books. Um, concept to conclusion, it's, I, I think it's the best work I've ever done in terms of my own writing because You Are Not Alone is not, is mostly not my writing and it's something I'm very proud of. Concept to conclusion uh, was born out of one of the ways my business has evolved in the last few years is I do quite a bit of book coaching. And book coaching is when you're actually basically the coach or support person and teaching other people how to write a book. So I do both one-on-one -on -one when I'm working with individual authors, um, and I do it in a group setting as well in a class I created called How to Write a Book in Three Months, where I actually walk them through the process of writing a nonfiction book. Everything from like how to create an outline, how to identify their audience and their keywords and their categories and how to write a chapter, how to market, and like if they want to, how to self-publish their book if they choose to do that, how to look for publishers if they want to go trade publisher. Um, and I had been doing it for a couple of years, and it's actually one of my favorite things to do. I really enjoy kind of walking authors through this process. It's just something that I've had enough experience in and, and enjoy doing that um, I kind of had the realization that one of the things I get when I'm marketing my, my online course, which I don't market that much, but when I do, one of the feedback I get uh, quite often is that I want to write a book, but I don't want to commit three months to doing it and I don't want to pay for it right now. Like I wish I could just get the information and do it at my own pace. And it was something that I thought a lot about and I realized that I could do that. You know, I have all of this information and content and videos and handouts that I'd created and examples. And I had all of this information that I, I, knew, I do it every day. I know how to teach people how to write a book from the very first word. And so I started putting together all that information and rewriting everything and coming up with new examples. And, um, and I spent like the busiest month of my life. I was so busy with work last year. It was September. Um, I was so busy. And I had so many projects I was working on, but I just, I couldn't let it sit. I was just super inspired to write this book. So I was writing it like in the middle of the night. I'm like clackety clacking away. I think I ended up writing something like 10,000 words in two days um, in the manuscript uh, and just like plowing through it. And, um, and then once I was done and I had a moment to breathe, I was able to kind of go back and <laughs> review it and send it to my editors and I really just make sure that it was what I wanted to say. But I take the entire process of writing a book, literally from the initial conception of your idea and refining your idea through finishing writing it and actually learning how to write it, uh, publishing it, getting a cover done, finding an editor, what an editor and author relationship looks like, promoting it, how to market it. And it's just this super comprehensive guide and it has zero fluff. I tried to take out any like personal stories and tangents that didn't, you know, that weren't necessary. You know, I really think of it as like a textbook and I love it. I love it so much. And you've gotten such great reviews on this book on Amazon. Yeah. Um, it's like <laughs> everyone's been loving it. How you really like one person saying is, 
you're taking the overwhelming part of publishing and you made it so much easier for them, which is fantastic because it can be overwhelming, which I hear from a lot of authors, but also, you know, you want to be able to keep that passion alive and keep that, you know, motivation to, to finish the book. And for a lot of authors, some of them don't even have a chance to finish it because it was overwhelming. They were second guessing is, am I doing this right? Am I doing like, what, what am I doing? So um, good for you. That's if you're in volume. Especially first time authors. It, it's, you know, it's so interesting because, um, the the whole the whole idea of writing a book it, it it feels big it feels big and insurmountable a lot of people so there is a statistic floating around out there that eighty one percent of people in the U S have said that they want to write a book someday yeah that's a lot of books um, now most of those people probably won't and a lot of them won't because they either don't know how or they don't think they have the time mm-hmm. or they don't think that they are good enough. Um, and it's so interesting to see how self-publishing has really changed the game um, with writing books because there's, I mean, look at the internet these days. There is an audience for everything. No matter how niche your expertise is, there is an audience who is interested in hearing more about it. Just the reality of it. There's millions of books in the world and yet they, books still keep coming. So people still want them. Uh, publishing is still a huge business. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is what I tried to do was, I, I, I think one of the examples I even used in the book was equating it to this idea of like renovating a house. Um, the idea of writing a book or renovating a house, it's a really big project, right? Mm-hmm. But you can break that down into individual manageable tasks that then make it feel a lot less overwhelming when you can check things off the to-do list. For example, you're renovating a house. I mean, you're not going to just write renovate a house on, on your checklist and check it off when you're done. Mm-hmm. You're going to break it down. You're going to say, all right, first I need to research a couple contractors and have some people come over and give me an estimate. And then I need to sign a contract with one particular contractor. And then I need to buy materials or I need to meet with, you know, the contractor to finalize design plans. So you, you break it down mm-hmm. into individual steps which then make it a lot easier to accomplish. So writing a book is the exact same thing. So when you're writing a book, you don't start with opening up a document and start writing. Most of the time when people do that, they never end up finishing it because um, they'll either get off topic, they'll get bored, they, uh, you know, life gets in the way and they, and they end up getting busy and forgetting about it. And they come back to it and it just feels too overwhelming to get started again. Um, but when you break it down into, all right, first I need to decide what I'm going to write about. Then I need to create an outline. So I know what the book is going to look like. I need to create a snapshot of all the information, all the topics I want to include in my book. I need to identify who's going to read this. Am I writing it for beginners? Am I writing it for people who know what they're doing? Am I writing it for experts? And once you kind of have each of those individual tasks that you're kind of checking off and saying, oh, And all of a sudden, three tasks later, you have an outline where you have the skeleton of what the book will be. So it becomes a lot easier to start with chapter one because you know what it's going to what it's going to contain. Wow, it really does. You're really breaking it down so easy. Um, For those who are thinking of writing a book or starting one out um, or in the process of it, 
please check out this book. It's called, once again, Concept to Conclusion, How to Write a Book. It's on Amazon. Uh, everything is going to be in the show notes for you to pick up this book. It's fantastic. And see the reviews. I'm just like five stars of all pretty much everything. Good I'm for so you. This has been, this is, I, the pause, the feedback for this book has been just incredibly overwhelmingly positive. It's something that, and it's also like, I'm deeply proud of the book. Like I'm like, and it sounds a little cocky to say it's a hundred percent some of my best writing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so self-critical about like, nope, they don't need to, they don't care about this story about myself. They just want to learn how to write. Yeah. (laughs) And just going in and just, uh, just hacking away at it to, to make it. And, and that's the thing, like, I easily could have made it a 50,000 word book. It, it easily could have been this, you know, full of filler and all this stuff that doesn't matter. And, um, and I was trying to be really self-critical about it because I wanted it to be useful. I want it to be something that somebody can pick up, take with them. And when they're writing a book, they can kind of flip through it and find what they need and come back, you know, a year later and find what they need for marketing it and find what they need for publishing it. And it's something that they can come back to and find useful information throughout the process. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Well, Jessica, this has been amazing. You've shared so much about your journey. You shared so much about your books. And I really appreciate this. Anytime. This was fun. And one thing before we wrap this up, what do you like to do for fun? Besides (laughs) writing, reading, what do you like to do? Uh, Well, I love to sing. Um, I love music in general. Uh, I grew up in a very musical family. Um, my brother plays piano and the drums. My mom's a singer and she plays piano. I sing and played violin. So I very much love music. I, I'm one of those weirdos. I like to do like puzzles like at night, you know, you turn on the TV in the background and kind of just like listen to a TV, like a competition show on TV. I I watch a lot of food network. Um, and then I'm just like sitting there doing a thousand piece puzzle on my dining room table, listening to, (laughs) listening to Chopped. Um, or I got, I recently got my first, I bought this like paint by number. It's, a, it's this big ass canvas uh-huh. and it comes with all these, uh, paints and it's this huge canvas. It's a paint by number for adults. And I've been doing that and I really dig that. Um, hang out with my cat. I go to brunch on the weekends. Um, every now and again, I take advantage of living in New York city and I'll go, I, uh, I really love live shows. So like whether it's a concert or a Broadway show or musical, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I travel. I, I, I do. Being able, being able to work for myself has given me more opportunities to travel. Uh, I've gotten to, because I can just take my work with me. I went to Alaska last summer and I was able to just like take my laptop and I, you know, work from the hotel room if I needed to. Yeah. Uh, when we were in Seattle, I fly down to Florida to see my family and I just bring my computer with me and I can stay during the middle of the week without having to ask for time off. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, this year uh, I've been, I'm taking my dream trip this year. I've been wanting to go to Italy since I was a little kid. So, and I'm not taking my computer. It will be a work free vacation. Definitely. You got to enjoy Italy. And I have friends who are Italian, but they go to Italy, (sighs) I think once every two years. And I wish they're just like, Oh my God. It's the food, the food, and, yeah, the, the food. food, the food and the wine. <laughs> Give it all to me. Yeah. Um, well, and it's also, you know, it's interesting because I waited until I was 30 to start a business. And I think that that gave me, um, it, it gave me a lot of confidence. You know, when I was 
fresh out of college. I graduated college when I was like 20. So I was super, super young. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I had no idea how to do most things, even though I thought I did. Um, and I spent my 20s learning about business and finding my passions and figuring out what I loved and what I didn't like about various jobs and careers. And I think, you know, some people have, have told me like, oh, I could never have started a business. You know, I'm, I'm 35. I'm way too old to, to be doing that kind of thing. And it's not true. I think if you, I think if you're passionate about something and you're good at it and you can find people who are willing to pay you because that's, that's the barometer of success. Yeah. It's not about being the best writer or the best editor or the best entrepreneur. If, if people are willing to pay you for your writing, then you're good enough. Like that's, that's the value, right? Like if somebody is willing to say like, all right, here's money for your writing, then I know for a fact I'm good enough to be doing it because someone's paying me to do it. Exactly right. Exactly and right. Super important to remember. Like a lot of people say, oh, I don't think I'm a good enough writer to be able to do uh, paid writing. And that's just mm -hmm. not true. There's so many different clients. There's so many different industries of people who need different types of writing. I mean, you can legitimately be like a paid poet. Like there's almost anything you can think of in the world. And I think that one big advantage of being a little bit older when I started my business was that I had kind of a very different perspective than I would have at 20 or 25 um, of this idea of, I don't have to be the best. I just have to be super confident. I have to be really good at what I do. And, and I will tell you the biggest secret to being a successful business owner is customer service. Um, like I, I mentioned it to you earlier, I'm not the best writer. I'm a good writer. Don't get me wrong. I'm very, mm. very happy with my writing skills, but I'm not the best. What I am is I make it extremely easy to work with me. I am responsive. When people email me or call me, I am responsive. I am open to giving my ideas and I give, I give honest feedback when people ask for it. Um, I have a weekly meeting that I have set up with every one of my uh, monthly clients where we go over what we intend on accomplishing that week and I update them on the progress from the previous task or project or week. And I make it so that they never have to wonder what I'm doing or what they're paying for. They know where, where I'm at, like I'm in progress and in my, you know, whether I'm, you know, at home or if, you know, if someone calls me and I'm not available, I I'll text them back and say, Hey, I'm on another call. I'll call you back in half an hour. And so customer service has done more for me than anything else. It's what gets me referrals for new clients. It's what gets people coming back to me the next time they write a book and need an editor. It's what I have been able to build a business on is being somebody that people want to work with. Wow. That's, that's awesome. And it's true. Customer service does make a huge difference and it's, you know, like, especially in retail, how are you going to make sales is through customer service, right? And Absolutely. Some, and, and that's directly transferable. A lot yeah. of people think that the skills they learn. I was a waitress for six years in high school and college. Like, it's not like I, you know, am like a trust fund kid or anything like that. Like, I mean, I worked through high school and college. I had student loans, you know, it's, it's doable because if you have the right attitude, if you are learning from your experience, being a waitress, working in retail, working at McDonald's, anything that you're doing where you're dealing with people, that is excellent training for dealing with clients. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Jessica, it's been such an honor and a pleasure to have you. Where can the listeners find you? Uh, thank you so much. This has been, Angelica, this has been wonderful. I <laughs> very much enjoyed talking to you. 
Um, so I have a couple things. I have a blog. I keep it on the, on the platform Medium uh, because it is a really good blogging platform that's free. So it's medium.com slash at Jessica Schwartz is my blog. Uh, you're welcome to follow me there. And I put a ton of free information online about how to find clients, how to respond to people, how to, how to find an editor, uh, really anything you can think of business related. And then sometimes just like stuff I'm interested in. Like I wrote a really weird article about Jacqueline Hill and another one about American Ninja Warrior. It's just whatever I feel. It's my blog. I can write what I want to. Um, you can also check out my website. It's just jessicaschwartz.com. Um, and that is kind of a, an amalgamation of an amalgam of, you know, services I offer and the class I have and just a little bit of everything. And then, uh, and all of my books are listed on that website as well. So you can see links of where to get those um, and what they're about. And you're more than welcome to read reviews. If you do read one of my books, people listening, please, please leave me a review, even if it's terrible, because the truth is, is feedback is feedback. And that's always a good thing to learn where I can improve and what I'm doing right. And also uh, for people who don't know, any reviews are typically uh, something that assists with writers for potential readers to get an idea of what it's about and also for the algorithm so you come up more often in searches. Awesome. Thank you so much again. And honestly, Thank if you, you ever... When your volume two comes back, uh, well, when your volume two is ready, or if you got something else to promote, definitely come back to the show. I'd Open be happy arms to, to you. It's been fun. <laughs> thank you so much again, Jessica. I really appreciate it. And to all the listeners out there, thank you for tuning in on another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me. And that's all we have for now. I'm Anthony. And I'm Jessica with the Beautiful Feet Podcast. Hey, it's your boy Bromar, host of the Bromar Show. Hello, everyone. It's the Coupon Queen Pin from the CQP Moments Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is your boy Ken, aka the gentleman of the gentleman lifestyle podcast. Hi, this is Stephanie Valente, your local massage therapist. And you're listening to a little bit of everything with Angelica. That's it for now. And thank you for tuning in on another episode of a little bit of everything with me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on the podcast platform that you're listening to. Are you enjoying a little bit of everything with me? Then buy me a coffee. Yes, you heard right. Buy me a coffee. All the coffee you buy me will go towards new equipment, a backdrop for my YouTube channel, and continue to keep the podcast ad-free. And obviously to keep going with weekly episodes. So buy me a coffee at chaos fi.com slash everything with Ange. Once again, it's ko-fi.com slash everything with Ange. That link will be in the show notes for you. And thank you for buying me a coffee and supporting the podcast. Mm-hmm.